Hey, everybody, welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going okay. <laughs> we're having a blizzard, so that's kind of sucky, but <laughs> what is happening? I know you all have said too, those of you listening, that this winter has been strange for you if you're here mm -hmm. in the US. It has been really strange for us. Here it is February 22nd, and we're still having a blizzard. We're still having blizzards and sub-zero weather, which just, that's just not a thing here in February. Not usually, We're no. usually through all of that crap by now, and we're definitely not through it. Well, and yesterday it was 39, kind of rainy, and yeah, 15 miles down the road in St. Anthony, where, uh, you know, the belligerent herd circus is playing out, they got eight inches. Yeah. Salt Lake City got 10. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We got we got a whole bunch here in IF too. Mm -hmm. I I do not know. The <laughs> it's weird. It's wild. But I had yeah. a very true crime moment at my house in the middle of the night. Yes, you did. My doorbell rang at like midnight. Mm -hmm. Very weird. That does not usually happen. Um so, you know, we're like trying to wake up, get out of bed, put the dogs outside so they don't run out the front door. And I thought maybe something went down in our neighborhood and it's the police telling us something. You know, that's that's all I could think of. I opened the door and there's just this woman holding a little dog standing there. And she starts telling me this bizarre story about how she just moved here and there's these people following her and she needs some safety. And it's... Mm. But she tells me that there are two men on bikes. And I said, do you mean like pedal bikes? She said, yeah. And they have headlights on the front of them. Guys, it was the middle of the night. It was blizzarding. Mm -hmm. It was like, I don't even know, 10 degrees or less mm -hmm. in February. No one is riding a bike here right now. Absolutely no one, especially not in the middle of the night. That is just yeah. not a thing. So I'm like, hmm, this seems sketchy. And I... She says there's a car and she points down the road back there. And I look and our road is very straight. So even if you can't see the car, you can see headlight shine long before it comes. I couldn't see anything. There was no indication of a car at all. And I said, huh, I don't see anything. And she said, uh, oh, it's just further down the road. She's like, I'm, I'm just looking for some safety, you know, whatever you'd be comfortable with. And I said, yeah. well, I think I'd be comfortable with calling the police for you. We could do that. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if that'll do me any good or if they'll even believe me. And she kind of goes through the whole story again. And I really, I will admit, I wanted to grab the dog and slam the door. And, uh, <laughs> oh, no. just darling little black and tan Chewini. And I'm like, what is you oh. doing wandering around? I said, what you doing wandering around in the middle of the night like this? And she said that she'd been living in a hotel and her money ran out and that she was trying to find a... Uh, a um, laundromat to hang out in. And I went, oh, shit, she's from somewhere much bigger than here. We don't have 24-hour laundromats. Right. I know that's a thing in bigger places, and sometimes people go hang out in them to stay warm, but yeah. we don't have that here. Right. And she's like, so she says it again, like, um, to, you know, I'm just, I'm just looking for some safety. And I said, okay, here's what I can do for you. You can have a seat on the front step right here because it's, there's a tree that shields her, would shield her from the street. And I said, you're, you're safe here. Nobody mm -hmm. can see you. And then we're going to call the police and have an officer come and talk to you. Mm -hmm. And then I closed the door and locked it. And I, you know, if I had felt safe to let her in my house, I would have, but I did not feel good about it at all. I was very no. What this story was or what was going on with her. I was not convinced mm -hmm. for a second that she was actually in danger. Yeah. I don't know what was going on. Um, well, why your house? Why are, it sounds like she had actually been ringing the bell or knocking on the door of several um, houses down our street. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe we were the first to open the door. Yeah. Um, but I just, no matter what? I don't know. I just didn't feel good about letting her in, so I didn't. The police mm -hmm. did come. An officer did come. We saw him, but he was kind of walking up and down. I don't know um, if they actually talked to her or not, because they didn't come. We just locked up and turned off the lights, like, yeah, you know. 
Um, right, Janet. She's like, good thing, or you would have ended up on your own podcast. Right in the moment, I was like, my gut says, shut this door and lock it right now. Yeah. I did. And I, there was a part of me that was like, it's cold outside and she's got her little dog. This is not good. And then I'm like, I none of the story added up to me at all. And I, I even asked her if she was aware of the crisis center, which is a place that you can go if you're having a mental health crisis or any kind of crisis, they'll take you for overnight. And she yeah. said, let her in because of her dog. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but I don't know. I just was like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm we're gonna we're gonna send the police over. Uh JR, she was around 30. Yeah. I think. I will tell you, she was very well dressed and she was dressed very warmly. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing that made me question just a little. Like she didn't appear to someone who maybe didn't have anywhere to go yeah and that, that you know you can't always tell but she was dressed right even the dog had on a really nice jacket nice dog jacket like the expensive ones mm-hmm. from the pet store and yeah. um and a and a harness on top of that so i yeah i just don't know i don't think i don't know what it was so anyway that's very my- weird and then i didn't get any sleep at all because every little sound i was like is she trying to break into our house? Is she in our house? You know. So. No. Uh, yikes. Very that weird. was very weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but next time I think I just won't answer the door. Usually. Yeah. A, a few times the police have knocked to say, you know, there was a robbery a couple streets over. Somebody ran down mm-hmm. your road. One time um, a robbery suspect jumped the fence into our backyard. Yeah. The police had to search our backyard at like two o'clock in the morning. So I thought mm-hmm. maybe it was something like that. You need a ring doorbell. We do. We keep talking so that about that you don't have to open your door. And we haven't. And I think that this is the last straw. We are definitely getting one. See, I really want this one. But it's with her. Yeah. Without ever even opening, opening the, door. the door. Yeah. But that would be much safer. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're going to get one. I, want right. one I don't want to end up on own podcast. Yeah. No. No. Please don't make me do your podcast. Uh, that's, right. We're not doing that. No. I want one mostly just to watch the crows in the front yard. But. Right, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, Janet said they're like forty dollars. I know. Get a ring doorbell for God's sake. Because of the placement of our door and stuff, we would need a couple extra cameras to really get a clear view of what's going on in our driveway. Yeah. But we're gonna do it. We're on this. So yes, you are. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, this is Wednesday, and this is mm-hmm. our Wednesday night case update live stream, which I started yeah. with my own case. Uh <laughs> And we, my gosh, we have so much to talk about. So much. Um, Katie, do you want to kick us off with Murdaugh? Honestly, you showed me something that I laughed my ass off about. And I'm, I'm, I want you to share that for sure. Whatever I'm going to do you one better. I have the video. You do? (laughs) Murdaugh is is the belligerent turd circus you would expect. The uh, Mm -hmm. prosecution has rested. The defense is now calling witnesses. And the defense called a witness today that pretty much turned into a star witness for the prosecution. And I all there have been so many weird missteps in this case. These people, I don't care if they're attorneys or not or what they are, they are the weirdest country bumpkins. I, <laughs> like, and I say that coming from Hicksville myself, but my God. I mean, we've seen plenty of it in the Dave Alvello case, too. One thing that's kind of interested me is that the coroner there is not required to have a degree of any sort, which uh, a lot of you were very shocked to discover that that was the case here, too. Yeah. Remember when they were like, oh, yeah, 49-year-old healthy Tammy Daybell just dropped over dead. She doesn't need an autopsy. The family didn't want one. Yeah. And that was just okay because the coroner didn't know any better because the coroner's just a person not a medical uh you know professional or anything well one interesting fact is when they asked the coroner how he uh determined time of death just old old trick of the trade guys he put his hands in the armpits of the deceased to see if they were still warm oh god yeah i mean that seems a little unscientific yeah, it seems a little unscientific. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I so guess that you was one thing they that, were uh, dead that way, but time mm-hmm. of death? But today they called this attorney, who is, he's an attorney uh, that worked with, with Alex, and uh, 
is obviously like a thousand percent over his bullshit. Uh, and he, again, kind of became, his, this is Mark Ball, and he really kind of became a, a witness for the prosecution as it all rolled on. I just wanted to show you. It's just a two-minute clip, but um, you will laugh so hard. So uh, hold on. Let me pull that one up. I actually have three little clips for you from Murdoch right now, but oh, good. this is Mark Ball. Happened. What did you hear about? Uh, I had, had um, spoken to uh, Mr. Griffin just to let him know that we had terminated him. He already knew, and about 11, 30, 12 o'clock, whatever time it was, I was on a tractor, and he called me and said, you're not going to believe what happened. And I thought my first response was, don't tell me that jackass killed himself. Right. And he said, no, somebody shot him. And I just said, I don't believe that. You bullshit. don't believe that. A lot of people thought right away, that, oh, my gosh, the real killers are back. Correct. The chickens were home to roost again for Alec, and all of a sudden he's a victim again, correct? I went to the scene. I went straight to the scene. But I didn't I didn't believe it. You didn't believe it? Because no. you have training as a lawyer, right? I don't know whether it was intuition, training, whatever. I just didn't believe it. And what did you see at the scene that confirmed well, that this well, time? I got out. It didn't work. Danny and Ronnie were there and standing there, and I said, I don't, I don't buy it. And we walked up towards the car, and I think I said it's got run flat tires, and the tire's not flat. Before we got to it, Ronnie said it doesn't even have a spare. And then when we got up to it, you could see at a 9 o'clock where somebody had stabbed the tire. And we stung, we hung around there, and then when the sled showed up, I think it was actually David Owens showed up or Ryan Kelly showed up, one of them. And that's when we told him we had fired him the day before. And what had happened, we were in consultation with, with the lawyer we had to hire on Friday to figure out what to do and how to do it. And when this happened, we thought they needed to know. And you were told that Alex claimed at the scene that he was shot by some unknown assailant, correct? That's that was the story. Tell me the jackass killed himself. <laughs> when he was on the tractor. I mean, guys, that sounds like fear. so much. Yep. <laughs> what? Well, me, what the heck? I mean, typical Southern, so dramatic attorney. I was thinking about like To Kill a Mockingbird and, you know, a bunch of the Grisham novels, like how, how theatrical they are and dramatic. <laughs> And here we are. Oh my God. <laughs> well, and you thought the, the way they immediately the roost. <laughs> well, right after he says, Don't tell me that jackass tried to kill himself. The camera pans to Alex, who's sitting there with that weird lip thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they hate you, bro. They, he was actually yeah. called as a witness because he was Alex's friend. And he said, I don't really know who he is. Basically, that's what a lot of the witnesses have said. I thought I knew him. Clearly, right. I didn't know him at all. Right. I mean, how could you think that this person is who you thought they were after all the shit they've done? Well, I mean, it would be absolutely impossible, yeah. you know. And a lot of these, especially like the attorneys, they're like, I don't want any, like, positive connection to him whatsoever, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no. Uh, Sarah said, and my parents thought all my years of acting training were for naught when I went to law school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and then, that of course, we have this great. bag of flaming Cheetos. Oh, my also God. was called to the stand. Yeah. This is Buster Murdoch. Can you even with how unpleasant looking the Murdochs are. I know. That's terrible. We don't want to be very unpleasant looks, though. But geez almighty. Yeah. I mean Alec is horrifying looking. He's awful. He, 
but looks like he's rotting from the inside out or something like he's looks bad but i buster is not much better so buster i mean mostly he just talked about you know his dad calling him and telling him and and just stuff like the cell phone service wasn't very good at moselle so maybe you know some of the times that his phone wasn't uh where it maybe should have been maybe he just didn't have service at that moment and maybe uh you know just kind of trying to poke some holes in the evidence of the prosecution it wasn't very convincing um at one point someone asked him when his dad's birth date is and he had no idea that sounds absolutely correct for his age frankly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah uh but this other thing that happened yesterday listen you guys we've made a lot of fun of dick harpoolian dick harpoolian (laughs) is uh (laughs) it's hard to say his name without a little giggle uh dick harpoolian is of course alex's uh attorney and one of them and he's also a state senator and he is a supposedly very well respected and best attorney in the state and i i'm failing to see it but what we've discovered is that the twitter crowd that's covering this case particularly mandy matney and a few of the others oh my god they hate him (laughs) the the nicknames they have for him are so Uh, damn funny that they've just about killed me i'm so glad it's not just us that take that name and go (laughs) what in the actual fuck is this but i gotta show you what the poot did yesterday (laughs) so they had this uh so-called expert on the stand firearms expert and used that term very loosely because the firearms expert uh doesn't really have any training so the firearms expert uh is an engineer with no training in firearms or shooting reconstruction and he says that he thinks the shooter was around five two now why does he think that he said it's just basic trigonometry well is it though and when he was asked like what trainings and stuff he's had he's like oh like all of them so don't worry guys he's had all of them and he knows trigonometry so obviously the shooter was a good five two they even stood alec up and used a tape measure to measure him he's like six five right they're like so see i mean it couldn't have been him because he's not even five two the prosecution's like this is your expert witness <laughs> oh my god in the midst of that harpootlian picks up a gun and he's asking the expert to position him in the correct position like how would you have had to have been holding this gun in order to shoot paul and maggie in the right uh, position right so what you can't see is what he's facing while he's holding the gun so this is the pooter holding the gun what he's pointing it at is the prosecution table Oh, for God's sake. Watch this and listen to what he says. Tempting. Tempting. Also, Tempting that motherfucker says. He doesn't he is- know if he's 5'2 or 5'4. <laughs> Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and tempting. He is pointing a rifle at the prosecution table and says, tempting. And, and the audience laughs. <laughs> they did not until today they mentioned it. So here's a little spot where he's mad because he doesn't like where a member of the prosecution is standing in a cross. And he finally brings it up. You were, you were, you were trying to apply this. No, 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 no. I wouldn't do that. You made a mistake? No. Well, you said that we standing up, badgering this witness next to him. He can read it. He can comment from back here. He's in the doorway, but again, object. Four thirty. This moment. He's been the objection is to you standing in the doorway. He's been standing up here the whole time. No. Oh, he aimed a gun at us yesterday for me. <laughs> he aimed a gun at us from here yesterday. <laughs> For the goose, good for the gander is a rule. <laughs> is this real life? <laughs> is it? 
hell is going on? <laughs> well, he aimed a gun at us yesterday. <laughs> I can't. He hit me. Will he hit me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I just so cannot. Up. Yeah, the fact that people are laughing like it's a comedy club or something. Yeah. 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 Then the judge doesn't seem to have any con here. If, if the... If the people watching hearing laughed, the judge would smack down on that. You'd be dead, bro. Yeah. You, you, there are cops standing there staring at you the whole time All you're the way in way. staring yeah. at you, just in case you, I don't know what. But, um, you know, probably in case you take a picture. But um, Pretty much, yeah. At any rate, I just, I, this is, somebody had posted a meme of uh alex it said don't trust your soul to know backwoods southern lawyer <laughs> and uh i think Ooh. yeah that's that's where we're at it sure does seem to be my yeah. god yeah for sure right Hilo uh, said i know a bit about trigonometry can i be an expert <laughs> yes you can if you move i mean in. yeah he did some trigonometry yeah. but he doesn't know how to recreate a crime scene or a shooting so yeah what, what was he doing the math on that's a good I mean, question now there is one concern here uh that i think is a really valuable one and a valid one and it's that uh all of these lawyer friends who are now like oh, i don't think i really know who alex is i thought we were friends we're not really friends do you mean that jackass tried to kill himself or you know all these guys mm -hmm. the morning after these murders they were out there and traipsed all over the crime scene. Are you serious? The crime scene is so fouled because Sled did a super sloppy job and because there were people out there wandering around getting in the middle of it and they shouldn't have been. Mm. And it's a mess, you guys. It's an absolute mess. It's a mess. Mm. And what they don't have, they don't have the murder weapon. And they don't have the clothes, the bloody clothes. Right. Uh, they have the clean clothes that, uh, you know, he shouldn't have had on. Mm -hmm. But they don't have the clothes. They really still think that he ditched them either at his mother's or on the way to his mother's. But they don't know. It's not There's, good. No, it's not good. It's not good. And I have to say that as much as I hope that he is convicted and as much as I really believe that he's guilty, it is a possibility that he won't be because the evidence is not that strong. However, tomorrow, the epitome of belligerent turd circus will be taking place because Alec Murdoch is taking the stand. Oh my God, I cannot wait. Or what he's is this moron going to say? Supposedly or likely taking the stand. You know uh, he has his ego is way too big. And and mm -hmm. as an attorney himself, to mm -hmm. not get up there and set the record straight, mm -hmm. you know. Here's what's mm -hmm. wild. They tried to talk the judge. The defense tried to talk the judge into limiting the scope of the cross. What? Yes. Like limiting what the, what the prosecution can ask him? Mm -hmm. Uh, they said they don't think it would honor. be fair if they question him about his financial crimes. Too late. That's already in, baby. The judge said, no, no, no. But yet they actually tried that to, to say, well, they... we, uh, we want him to, uh, we want to talk to him, but we don't really want the prosecution to. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just like when they said that they didn't want the, uh, <laughs> the motive coming in because it might make people think that Alec Murdoch Murdoch is a bad person. Yes. <laughs> Too fucking late. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh yeah. And I agree, you guys, that laughter in the courtroom could be extremely offensive to right. Maggie's family, you know, to Paul's friends, to people who actually care about them and Should the fact that they busker, were murdered. But I gotta say, I doubt mm -mm. anything gets through that. Buster seems to me he, like he is firmly in daddy's pocket. Yeah, is his I, hair um, dyed or is it really naturally that red? I think it's really that red. Yeah. Because it's hard to, looking at that hair, I'm like, is that real? I believe that it is. Yeah. You know they're redheads, but my God. 
That is quite yeah. a that is the reddest of red, huh? Yeah. And I have no objection to redheads. I know a lot of absolutely gorgeous redheads. Right. Uh, no, it's just time. that is so this Murdoch red. clan is not it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, right. Yeah. It is disrespectful. There. This is a trial for people who died. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we can laugh at the attorneys and shit. But yeah, you don't laugh but, at yeah. courts. Like, but you also don't point a gun at the prosecution and say tempting. I mean, no. really? Jesus, what? Yeah. 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 Anyway, so it'll be very interesting to see uh, him in court. Really interesting tomorrow to see him on the stand. Uh, yeah. I can't imagine how often there will be objections from the uh, defense while he's uh, being crossed. I think it's pretty um, interesting. Yep. There will be a lot of singing and dancing from that attorney. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. So that's what's going on. Uh, they're really winding down, though. I mean, I kind of think that Alex might be their last uh, witness. Like, this isn't too far, I don't believe, from actually uh, heading to the jury. So, Well, the thing is, the defense doesn't have very much to present. They don't. No. I mean, you brought yeah. in this expert who did some trigonometry and says that the shooter's 5'2", which is not even mm -hmm. close to what the actual ballistics report says. Like, mm -hmm. what the hell? Yeah. But maybe they yeah. can't get anybody. Maybe no. Maybe everybody that they, you know, that is familiar with these attorneys is like, mm -hmm. oh, no, thank you. You know, they, people yeah. may not want to touch this with a 10-foot pole. Well, I can see why. I can definitely see why. Yeah. Also, there's been multiple times uh, when Harputlian has fallen asleep in court, so let's just know that. Oh, yikes. Yeah. This is, it's really been that something. Not good. No. So, there you have it. That's what's going on with the well, trial. Wow. Thanks for that. That was that was some wild stuff. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about um, Samuel Bateman. Samuel Bateman is one of the polygamous cult leaders we've been reporting on lately. Mm -hmm. He was the guy that was driving around with a U-Haul trailer um, full of women and children that he was driving around. And they stuck mm -hmm. their fingers out through the um, doors of the trailer and that got somebody to stop them. You know, yeah. remember him? Yes. Trash extraordinaire. So, um, he's got another indictment coming and it may actually name some more co-defendants. So it sounds like they may be dismantling his part. Remember he, he was too extreme even for Warren Jeffs, which is saying something. How um, bad do you have to be? That you're too bad for Warren Jeffs. Who's in prison for sex crimes and sex trafficking. Yeah. So his initial indictment that just charged him with destroying official records, um, tampering with official proceedings and destroying records in a federal investigation. Mm -hmm. um, then he had some co-conspirators that were tacked on his wives, Naomi Bisline, Donna Barlow and Moretta Rose Johnson. Um, so the next indictment will bring the charges to include obstruction related counts and a federal kidnapping charge yes mm -hmm. and there may be even more co-conspirators so yeah very interesting i'm going to tell you what bateman said please be prepared if you need to vomit bateman allegedly has impressions of heavenly father's will to encourage his followers, including the minor children, to engage in sexual acts and relies on that submission to do his own will. That's in the criminal con complaint. Uh, you know, he declared himself um, a prophet of his own branch, basically, of the FLDS back in 2019. Mm -hmm. So this is good news because, you know, there and federal charges, this is big. Um, and, yeah. and I'm glad there are some co-conspirators being named. Hopefully they can break this little sect up and mm -hmm. cult. This save cult some more kids. This cult, yes. And save yeah. some more kids, I'm hoping. Mm -hmm. But yeah, sorry. I know. Gross. 
Colleen, a ring, a ring of sex trafficking assholes? You don't say. That guy is scum on scum. You yeah. mean a, a Mormon ring of sex trafficking assholes? Yes. Another Here one. we go again. Yeah. You know, the thing you got to know, and I'm gonna, I don't want to piss anybody off, but I need to tell you that the way that the FLDS function now, that is the way that the Mormons used to function. The mainstream Mormons mm -hmm. used to function before they did away with polygamy. So yeah. mainstream Mormons will always tell, oh, that's not us. Doesn't have anything to do with us. Oh, it used mm -hmm. to. It used it to used be you. Now they've moved away from it, but mm -hmm. does that mean that they weren't based in that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were. No, they, they are where this came from. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah said, we're going to need Dr. Welder again on that one. True. Uh, yes. yes. I am yeah. pretty sure. These guys are. are going to keep Dr. Welner real busy. Yeah, he's yes. going to be booked up for years. Uh, Sarah says, joking about pointing a gun at the prosecution is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Or officers of the court. Imagine if he did that towards the judge. Right? Can you imagine? Like, this has got to look super unhinged to a jury. And maybe well, it doesn't. Maybe this is just cultural in some ways. It could be. But still. Towards gross. the end of that clip, he does turn kind of towards the jury or the judge. And then he puts yeah. the gun down and he goes, I just don't know where to stand in here. Yeah. Like, you like probably shouldn't turn be around doing this at all. all. Yeah. Right. They only gave it up to make Utah State the polygamy. Yeah. Exactly. So don't let anybody fool you that this mm -hmm. isn't, that there aren't connections. No, this is where it all started. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, Katie, why don't you hit us with a little bit of an update in the Millette trial? Some interesting stuff. So, of course, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, there was the uh, preliminary, right? Well, apparently, there were a bunch of sidebars that were done in private. You know, does that sound familiar? Mm, However, right? uh, the press objected to those private sidebars. And the judge said, they're going on the record and you will be able to have access to them when the preliminary is over. And they did and so what we're learning from that is that in sidebar some things were said that were pretty interesting one is that there was a blood collection from the bathroom and the blood is females but it's not mamelets no that that's creepy that's there's really blood creepy. from another woman in that bathroom mm -hmm. the hell is this fool done good question uh so they talked about that somewhat Honestly, so much of this is the judge getting after the defense for uh, malingering and just taking too much time and not getting to the point. Uh, the judge getting after the prosecution for not objecting to things that they should have objected to. It's pretty interesting. Uh, but we learned a few other things that I thought were kind of uh, interesting. One is that... Uh, the prosecution, or sorry, the defense wanted to make May look like an alcoholic that was a shitty mother because she was constantly just out drinking and neglecting her children. And basically, the judge was like, you're not going to tell these long, drawn-out stories about her out partying with friends and stuff. If you want to bring it up, fine do that but you're not going to tell big stories about who was there and where they went and tell you know detailed right. days long events and things like that but basically it looks like they were just really trying to paint a picture of her as being this really uh irresponsible mother uh, then there is the therefore uh, that means she deserved to get murdered right i mean what's the what's the outcome there mm -hmm. then there is the issue of the affair because apparently, supposedly, there was an affair with a younger co-worker that uh, there had been some sort of a, uh, investigation at her work about her having an affair with a younger person. And the prosecution had objected to it being brought up because it's when they were questioning her brother. So a few months before she died, she had gone to live with her brother and sister-in-law for a couple of months. And during that time, they had testified during the preliminary that Larry had pursued her relentlessly. 
that he wanted to know where she was, what she was doing, and who she was talking to every moment of the day and night. And he continued on that, and it just about drove them crazy, was constantly texting the sister-in-law and the brother-in-law, demanding to know where she was and what she was doing and who she was talking to. Well, the defense felt like uh, that they were trying to uh, demonize Larry and make it seem like he was being abusive or controlling when the truth was he was just really nervous about what she was doing because she had already told him that she had had an affair with a coworker. And there was kind of a big sidebar argument about how much of that really needed to be shared in preliminary. Uh, part of what the judge was doing, it seems like, was trying to protect some of the more uh, bombastic uh, evidence, you know. Just unfounded to... claims. Yeah. Stuff that... uh, but the other thing is that apparently back in, so May disappeared in January. But uh, back in September, right after she had come back home, apparently she was bleeding really heavily. And he, Larry, had taken her back to the doctor a couple of times. And there was a big conversation in sidebar about uh, what this bleeding was all about. And the prosecution felt like this was not stuff that really needed to be brought out in court at this time because they don't really know. The defense said that they felt like just maybe she'd had an abortion. And that's what all the bleeding was about. Um, they Talk don't about trying to demonize a victim. Holy shit. They don't seem to have proof that there was an abortion. Uh, or if they do, they didn't trot it out. Uh, I would think so, it would be no one's business whatsoever. But also they said that they just wanted to bring it up, Your Honor, because everybody's saying that like Larry wanted to kill May. But if he wanted to kill May, why did he take her to the doctor when she was bleeding? He could have just let her die. Because she wasn't capable of getting to the doctor herself. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. And uh, because this was in September and the prosecution said well, we are bringing out evidence that he was having spellcasters cast spells on her to make her sick. So maybe it is relevant evidence in the scope of uh, Larry trying to make May sick. Maybe that's what the bleeding was about. <laughs> well, they screwed themselves there, didn't they? Yeah. Pretty interesting stuff. So, yeah pretty interesting stuff. So that's some of the stuff that happened in the sidebar. Uh, and, and they didn't seal any of it. So all of that is now available to the public and it's, you know, being made publicer by, you know, people like us. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the point of the sidebar was, honestly, at this point, except for that the judge kept telling the prosecution, you need to object more. Stop letting them go down these roads. Stop letting them waste all this time. You right. need to object more. She even objected and entered some of her own objections onto the record. Wow. So, yeah. Anyway, pretty interesting stuff, though. Yeah, that is. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Whew. Uh, something very interesting is happening. Um, we've talked about this a little bit already, that uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands are currently suing the bank J.P. Morgan. Mm -hmm. Why are they suing? Well, because it turns out that old J.P. Morgan is dirty as you can get in the um, human trafficking ring that was run by Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Um, some filings that, that where they're talking about um, some things that they knew that the bank knew and that he was running that, that, that his accounts at JP Morgan were a hundred percent for running sex trafficking ring, including paying off victims mm -hmm. and all kinds of other stuff. So let me just read this part to you. Cause this, this I think really sums it up. This is in the fraud and deceptive business practice act portion of their filing. The attorney general brings this action after presenting her findings to J.P. Morgan in September 2022 in her ongoing effort to protect public safety and to hold accountable those who facilitated or participated in directly or indirectly the trafficking 
enterprise Epstein helmed. The investigation revealed that J.P. Morgan knowingly, negligently, and unlawfully provided and pulled the levers through which recruiters and victims were paid and was indispensable to the operation and concealment of the Epstein trafficking enterprise. Financial institutions can connect or choke human trafficking networks and enforcement actions filed and injunctive relief obtained by attorneys um, attorneys general are essential to ensure that enterprises like Epstein's cannot flourish. And so mm -hmm. that's what they're going to prove. And they've mm -hmm. got, they have statements from people who worked there. They've got a lot of information against JP Morgan. It makes mm -hmm. me sick. I mean, am I surprised that a big financial institution would participate in something like that? No, not at all. Because did mm -hmm. it mean money for them? Yes, of course it did. Yep. Um, but is it so gross it is. It's awful. And I, I, I don't know what the long term, I, you know, what the actual like consequences can be against JP Morgan, but I hope we see as many consequences as are possible mm -hmm. in this situation. It's just so gross to think that the higher ups in that bank knew exactly what were going on, what was going on there. And mm -hmm. yeah, the bank is responsible for what customers use their money for if it is illegal. There mm -hmm. are all kinds of laws in the U.S. that actually do um, require. There's a lot of reporting mm -hmm. that is required in financial institutions. And if they know, they, mm -hmm. they have evidence that bank employees actually knew and had conversations about this in meetings. Well, and that the, one of the bank execs was super good BFFs. Yep. And was Epstein. involved. Yep. And yeah, I mean, yeah. banks are required to report if they think yep. that there is illegal activity going on with money. Yep. And they didn't. So going to be very curious to see where this goes. But I do hope mm -hmm. that JP Morgan gets the smackdown for it because honestly, they yeah. deserve it. They do. Yes, money laundering at its finest, Paula. Yeah, and all kinds of fraud and just funding sex trafficking. Yeah. Like, really? With a smile on their face. That exec in emails. Oh, yeah. Work emails told Epstein that he basically thinks like he, that he's one of the finest men he's ever known. And their friendship has been one of the most profound experiences of his life. Yeah. Just gross, weird. Mm -hmm. When you know now, like, what that friendship was wrapped around, mm -hmm. gross. And they had been spending time together. Uh, there was some uh, emails that alluded to the fact that he was maybe there on the island while uh, he did that very short stint in prison in uh, Florida. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Really yeah, gross. Halo needs that bucket again. I know. Oh, Me yeah. too. But I, somehow, there's got to be some accountability in the Epstein case because there isn't any, mm -hmm. I mean, he's dead. Ghislaine's behind bars, but what about all of the other players in this situation? Right. You know, this is the beginning of de mm -hmm. dismantling that. Yep. And the, the Virgin islands and the attorney general of the Virgin islands has been working for a while mm -hmm. to get this to a place where they could go to court with it. Yes. Uh, Janet. Yeah. Makes Prince Andrew look even more guilty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay, Katie, do you want to tell us a little bit about Kojakari? Yes, and then I have a little on Madeline McCann, too. Oh, yes. Uh, but yeah, Madalena Kojakari. This is the little girl that went missing late last year whose, you know, mother and stepdad didn't bother to report her missing for about three weeks. And we're like, well, I thought she was with you. Well, I thought she was with you. Well, where was she? I don't know. It didn't really come up. Well, I didn't really want to ask him because I thought it might upset him and I don't really want to make him mad. And this is the shit that was literally said to the police about, about where this child is. A living child. She's a fourth grader. This is a new picture. This is a new picture that uh, has come out that we did not know existed. This might be one of the last pictures of her. Now they've discovered uh, that during that period that she was missing, there are a couple of pictures of her floating out and about uh, in the area uh, deep in the country uh, where they think she may have been deep in uh, North Carolina. 
and mm -hmm. where they think that she probably is. And so that now is the, they think, the most current picture of her. So Madalena is a white female. She's 4'10". She weighs around 90 pounds. She has brown hair and brown eyes. And she is still missing. Now, they have both been arrested and charged. And they both will be in court next week. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of that, if anything. But uh, right. it's a really sad case. She just, yet again, parents who just uh, vanished one of their kids and just thought they were going to get away with it. These yeah. guys would have, except for that the school wasn't having it. No, they were relentless. Mm -hmm. Where is this child? Yeah. Which, yep. you know, if, if only every school was that relentless. Mm -hmm. Well, basically the school... Uh, truant officer called her mother and said because they'd called her for days and days and days and she kept making excuses oh she's she's sick she, she's coming tomorrow oh i you know she's been out of town whatever so she finally told the truant officer i will bring her in tomorrow because basically they're like uh bring madalena to school or we're calling the police right so she showed up at the school without her the next day and said ah yeah so we don't actually know where she is she's she's been gone for a while we don't know where she is and that's when the police were called had the school not been on top of this no and not listened to her excuses and bullshit and demanded to know where she was and to see her she'd just be out there in the ethers because nobody else was asking that's so wild mm-hmm so wild. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, Madeline McCann. Yes, Madeline McCann. So we had reported this week that there is a girl from Poland who named Julia who thinks that she might be Madeline McCann. It's iffy. It's iffy. And we've said that all along. It's iffy. But the McCanns have agreed to a DNA test. Uh, Julia is claiming that she has a very strange past. That her family's not telling her the truth. And we had kind of gone... Is that true? Or are they just not telling her the truth she wants? You know, right. like what, what's really going like, on? What are they saying? Right. So one of the reasons that she thinks that she could be Madeline is because she has a similar uh, defect in her eye. So this is a side-by-side -side of Madeline and then a picture of Julia when she was a little bit older. She claims there are no baby pictures of her, no younger pictures of her. She's been unable to get a hold of a birth certificate and some things like that. She made a social media presence called I Am Madeline McCann and has basically been all over the press uh, trying to connect with the McCanns. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, that picture. Here's a picture of them now. So they do both have the same defect in the same eye. Uh, we don't know. We're holding out judgment. Um, Madeline would be 19. This girl's 21. But if she was indeed kidnapped, uh, it's, it's possible that they've got her age a little skewed because of that reason. But a picture came out today that really gave us pause. Mm -hmm. This is Julia and her bio mom, her, her mother, supposed mother, right? Look at that nose and mouth. Tell me these two aren't mother and daughter. Yeah. Their eyes aren't the same, but look at the nose and mouth. Mm -hmm. I know I'd be very curious to see her father because she's probably got dad's eyes because she's got mom's nose and mom's mouth. The shapes are, that's undeniable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So form your own conclusions. Uh, supposedly there is DNA being done, so we'll probably know soon enough. But uh, we thought this picture was really, really fascinating. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. So that's all. Thanks. Well, I guess we'll see, won't we? Yeah. Well, on to the belligerent turd circus everyone wants to hear about, the Daybell Vallow case. Yes. So several things have been filed. First of all, they snuck in a little secret hearing today mm -hmm. we don't know what that hearing was for or what no. the ruling was but it was an oral ruling yeah an oral ruling yeah so is there even gonna yeah. i don't know it's still got to be on the record like they've got to have a i don't know mm -hmm. so there's a lot of stuff going on around discovery we all know tons of stuff been going on around discovery so mm -hmm. this 
uh, prior filed um, a notice to compel, a motion <laughs> to compel for some evidence, right? Mm-hmm. And So in the filing, what, what we got, what we've got now is the response from the from the state, and this is asking for books, papers, documents, photographs, tangible objects, buildings or places, blah blah, lots of stuff like that, right? Um, it's re- really what it's in reference to is is it is in reference to the electronic devices that were taken the first time Chad's house was searched, and this was in January of 2020. Um, so they took a bunch of stuff, Tammy, Daybell's phone, um, the iPad of their son, Seth, a bunch of memory cards and drives. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. most of which really was unrelated. It was just stuff that belonged to members of the family who lived there or who had lived there at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to read the conclusion from the state because I think it'll it'll do you what you need to know. The electronic devices described in the defendant's second motion to compel clearly fall under ICR 16B4, which is just the, the state rule about it. They are tangible objects and some of them contain documents. It is arguable that the state did not need to disclose items belonging to the defendant's children, which contain no material information, which the vast majority of this doesn't contain anything that's applicable to the case at all. Nevertheless, the state did disclose those items and made them available to the defense. Any reports regarding items the state reviewed have been provided. So they got the reports about what was on all of these things. It was 25 different items. Um, The state has consistently made these items available to the defense. The state cannot force the defendant to review items, nor should it be compelled to a burden beyond what is required by ICR 16. The state cannot force the defendant to do their job. So basically what they have (laughs) is they have the report. They have the report that says, Mm -hmm. here's these 25 items. Here's what was on them, blah, 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 blah. Right? Mm -hmm. In that paperwork, it says, if you want to review these items in physical form, if you want to actually see these Mm -hmm. electronic items, all you have to do is ask and you can see them. Mm -hmm. Just have to make Um, an appointment either with the prosecutor's office or with the sheriff's office where they're being held. Either way. Right? Yeah. So this is the second time that Pryor has filed saying that this is being withheld from him. When if he just read the damn report, it would say you just have to, you know, let the sheriff's office know you would like to see the stuff and show up and see it. Mm-hmm. But um, he's saying that they're withholding it from him because mm-hmm. he's just not reading all. He's mm-hmm. not reviewed all of this stuff and he's not doing what he's been directed to do. We just keep seeing this over and over again because he's still working this trial by himself. Mm-hmm. So he's overlooking all kinds of crap. Mm-hmm. Because he's just not reading what's sent to him. And then crying to the court that they're being yeah. unfair to him. And, and they're like, the um, we gave him all of thing. this like two years ago. Right. And told he him could he could come see this stuff. Any of these things anytime he wanted. Yeah. And then he was said he didn't have it. So we gave it to him again, something like a year or so ago. Yeah. And again, told him that he can come and see all of these things. Uh, but he didn't. He hasn't. He's never come mm. and seen anything. Yeah. Crazy. So, you know, I'm sure the judge was real thrilled about that. Mm-hmm. So then we have um, another filing by Pryor on Chad's behalf. So this is, let's see, this is the state's objection and brief in support of objection to the defendant's motion to dismiss the indictment or to preclude the imposition of the death penalty. Mm -hmm. So Pryor filed that because he has not had, and we'll get to it, the the stuff that he wants um, evidence-wise, that the judge needs to either dismiss the indictment or take the death penalty off the table in order for this to go forward. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about three different things, and I'm going to break this down because it gets really complicated. Talking about three different um, forms of evidence, okay? 
um, tips provided to law enforcement during the search for Tylee Ryan and JJ Vallow. There's a report about these tips, but like, I don't know, he wanted the report and all the tips themselves. And basically there's a report that breaks down like what the tips that actually led to something and what they did with them. And then all the tips that they didn't. And uh, you're going to find this very interesting. I'll get to what those were. Devices seized. So the stuff we just talked about, the devices. And then there's the DNA evidence that the lab um, analysts obtained during stipulated consumptive testing procedures and cleanup. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, so they want like what all the tips say, not just the, the form. Um, although the defendant tries to characterize such evidence as containing potential alternative suspects, that's what they're saying is that there's tips. Maybe there are other sub suspects. This is simply not the case. The tips include those from 56 psychics and or visions called in to provide information as to the whereabouts of the missing children. Yeah, 56. That wasn't us. It definitely was not. We do not do that. Uh, there were tips referencing alleged sightings of the children in multiple different states and at conflicting times that were all wrong, mm -hmm. um, including well past the time of the last known proof of life for both of the yeah. children. So the, that doesn't tell them anything. Misinformation or tips as to the location of the children, contra it indicating the reality of Tylee and JJ's burial on the defendant's property is neither favorable nor exculpatory because mm -hmm. it was useless information. So the tip line was created in late November of 2019. And that was after the welfare check on mm -hmm. JJ when they couldn't, you know, find the kids. Yeah. Um, so there really wasn't anything that was of evidentiary value in these tips. And, right. and what the, what the prosecutor's office is saying is, you know, we gave you the list and gave you the tips that resulted in something. What do you care about this other stuff that was completely useless? Right. Sarah says hardly Brady material. Yeah. And he does need to get himself an intern, but he won't because I mm -hmm. still don't even think he's getting paid at this point anymore. Um, but so this is the stuff that, that they're talking about. So then of course there's the DNA stuff and we know there's been all of this stuff that went down with the um, with the DNA evidence and the state lab. Oh, Sarah says there has to be case law on that. That's nuts. It is. It's ridiculous. It's not going to go anywhere. I watched Scott Reich's assessment of it today. He's like, this is so dumb. He said they actually had, Lori's camp had, had more of a chance at getting the charges dismissed with the... Um, speedy trial violation than they do with any of this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's talking about the, the DNA stuff again. Well, and I don't know where Scott Reich got this because I haven't been able to find this, but apparently, so when we were in the last hearing and they were talking about that they were going to have um, the DNA retested by a private lab because yeah. the state lab didn't find any DNA, right? The state lab had said, we can't do this. They forced them to do it. They didn't come up with anything, as we know. Mm. And but they said forever. they don't have the right equipment. They just yeah. don't. Yeah. So didn't Pryor get a mitigation specialist? No, he sure didn't. Um, he kind of asked for one, kind of. But then when it came to court, he actually didn't argue for it, which was weird. Mm. And he didn't get one. Nope. Um, so apparently the new lab, they had said in the last hearing, that the new lab would likely have the evidence back, the DNA evidence back prior to the deadline, which is the, the 27th of February mm -hmm. is when all of that discovery has to be in. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, guys, it's back. There's yeah. like a 16 or 19 page report back mm -hmm. from that lab. Apparently they can do same day turnaround. Mm -hmm. um, how fast you want it is how much money you pay for it. And Scott mm -hmm. Rice said that he's worked with that lab before that, uh, the state must have paid a shit ton of money to get it this quickly. But yeah, the reports are back. Yep. So I don't know if it's going to get addressed in the hearing tomorrow or mm -hmm. in the hearing next week. There's a lot, probably not tomorrow because, well, I don't know. Tomorrow they're going to, supposedly they're going to be talking about um, severance and maybe this 
um, filing to dismiss. I'm not sure. Um, we shall see. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, what use is our state lab? Good question. No, it, it's of no use. Yeah. <laughs> no. But this is the it's stuff of that's no going use. On. Rape kits uh, in Idaho are backed up by many, many years. Many, many years. That that'll never They're go. They're pointless in this gross. state. And all of this. Uh, yes. What is? Yeah. Well, we have one lab, need? guys. One lab for an entire state. Mm -hmm. So anyway, very interesting stuff going out. But the, you know, the tip thing. It, let me tell you what the tips. I'll, I'll tell you what the actual because the report is attached here, of what they actually used. So sightings confirmed not to be Tyler or JJ, 42. Tips that led to interview, follow-up, and report by law enforcement. There were 10, 10 tips mm -hmm. that resulted in them interviewing someone that actually had some information. Um, information or comment by tipster on case, there were 284. Mm -hmm. Tips on other people who possibly had knowledge of the kids' whereabouts, 23. Tips unfounded due to Chad and Lori being in Hawaii, 35. Sightings confirmed not to be Chatterlory, seven. Psychic or vision tips, 56. Mm -hmm. Press or media, two. And tip referred to FBI or and Arizona was one. And then there was one duplicate tip. Mm -hmm. um, the people that were named in these tips, Hector Sosa. Ah, Julie interesting. Oh, Julie Rowe, Christopher Parrott, Jason Mao. These are all people. Well, Ellie never talked to Hector Sosa because he refused. Mm -hmm. Julie Rowe, they talked to Christopher Parrott. They talked to Jason Mao. They talked to Melanie Gibb. They talked to some, someone named Bentley. Calling Basically, they were calling in a tip about missing children that didn't turn out to be Tyler or JJ. Ah, someone, some other missing kid. Um, uh, someone named Eric, who was an, who was an anonymous tip but they have his name, who wanted uh, the police to watch a YouTube video. <laughs> Alex Cox, who they did talk to. Wendy mm -hmm. Meekum, who they did talk to. And Mike Stroud, who they did try to talk to, but they never were able to because he was uncooperative. But they haven't found any connection to him. Mm -hmm. So that was the list. And like, it goes into more detail than that. Like it would have told, it tells the the defense exactly who got interviewed by law enforcement and when and which law enforcement agency talked to them and all that stuff. But this is why the prosecution's like, what the, what do you want? You want the psychic tips? Like what tips do you want? There's nothing mm -hmm. usable here. And so they just put it into a report. So anyway, that's the stuff that went down that's gone down so far. Yep. Yep. So we are not going to court tomorrow. Uh, mostly because of, well, Christy has a meeting, but the condition of the roads is, I'm not doing that. Yeah, it's, it's north of us. really bad up there. Um, we would have to take the highway, parts of which that highway has been closed and mm -hmm. in bad, bad shape. And mm -hmm. I have a, I'm on a couple of city boards and I have a board meeting and I'm the chair of the board. So I can't, I have to be there. Yeah. So we will, as soon as we know what's going on, we'll keep an eye on East Idaho News and we'll mm -hmm. share what, what we find out. Definitely. Yeah. But there's yeah. more court, there's a lot more court coming up. So tomorrow yeah. is only one of yeah. many hearings we've got coming. Yeah. Um, and we will get to as many of them as we can. But yeah, when we're For in sure. sub-zero blizzard, we just can't do it. Nope, not not doing that. My father-in-law yeah. lives in that town. And he was supposed to come over here today and get some parts. And he said, there's no way. I cannot. Yeah. Not driving in this, not going on the highway. But right beyond St. Anthony, the highway is closed all the way to the Montana state line. Right. It's yeah, bad. It's just not, not, not safe. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what we've got. Yeah. It's a lot. Yes, <laughs> it we'll is. we'll be back with more as we have it. Yep. And we will be back next week with all of our usual episodes. And we'll see what's going to go on in court next week. Maybe we'll go. There's court on the 23rd. There's also or on the 27th, there's court on the mm -hmm. 27th. And then there's court again on the 13th of March. Mm -hmm. We got to figure out what's happening at those hearings and how yeah. to best use our time, which ones will be the most effective for us mm -hmm. to attend. So we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll let you know. And we'll be back with all of our usual content next week. Yep. So you know it. 
Thanks for being here. And uh, we are the True Crime Squad. Have a good night. Bye, guys. Thank <laughs> you.